What's good, sports fans? Christian Patterson here, San Diego Prep Insider Football Recap Show. We welcome you into the Week 10 edition of this show. Only one more week left in the regular season, so we got league titles starting to be decided. We've got playoff seedings galore to talk about. If this is your first time joining us for the show. Thank you very much for checking in. This works uh, with me at the beginning, about 15 minutes takes me to make it through every single score just the, the the teams the results where that puts them just more analytical than anything else for the first 15 minutes or so of the show then we'll jump to some post game sound that i got from the bishops schools game last night and then we will close out with all sorts of the pundits from around the county uh adam paul raymond brown john maffey luke ramirez uh, a whole host of guys will be here to talk with us so 15 minutes now my voice then later, everybody else. So let's get right to it without further ado. And we will start with Orange Glen. They take a 27-24 win over Santa Fe Christian in somewhat of an upset. Cale Patterson, closing minute of the game. Touchdown reception. For Orange Glen, this puts them at 5-4. and four, And this is a huge Coastal League disruption if you will this puts orange glenn now into second place in coastal league behind bishops and takes a little bit of a twist in the closing weeks of this season about the game uh, that bishops has coming up this week against santa fe christian uh san pasquale academy 50 to 38 over rock academy O'Farrell charter drops to stellar prep 60 to nothing Kearney gets a 28-19 win over Mission Bay for Kearney. This puts them at 4-5 and five on the season. They'll close out the year with the San Diego Cavers. They are in kind of the, uh, the, the middle to lower end of the Division Three playoff spectrum, but at the same time, they are a team that has had a very tough schedule, so maybe you can't necessarily get a clear read on them going into the playoffs. Mira Mesa, they taught Morse 28-6. to The Marauders getting a big win there late in the season to move to 3-6. and six. Coach Thompson starting to build up the youth for the next generation. La Jolla, they take a road win 39-21 over University City. We have some great photo journalism of that on our Instagram and Twitter, courtesy of San Diego Sports Domination Podcast. David Perker doing a lot of great work on the photo end. This puts La Jolla at 5-4. and four. They got a game against Christian to close out the season. They're in the middle bracket, you could say, of that Division Three playoffs. We're going to see a lot of the, D, the D3 playoffs comes into to two races. It's Scripps Ranch and Hilltop at that 1-2, and then, and then it's about eight to ten teams in that middle bracket. La Jolla at six and four, though, could they could find their way into being a home playoff team. Scripps Ranch, they remain undefeated going 64-8 over Patrick Henry. The way that Scripps Ranch getting getting these done lately is uh is absolutely astounding. The Falcons at nine and zero look better than anybody has seen them or remembers seeing them in uh, in recent memory. But you look at the schedule and, man, 14 points allowed in the last three games, only uh, two multi-score games given up on the defensive end. And, and you start to, you start, the only problem you have with Scripps Ranch is deciding which one is more volatile, the offense or the defense. San Diego, the Cavers, they get a 41-14 win against Coronado. This puts San Diego at a uh, a very respectable position to close out the season. They could be a seven-win team. They're, they're not as elite, elite, elite as they've been the last couple seasons, but they will be somebody that I have circled going into that playoff as the, the upper part of that middle bracket for the Division Three. Man, the D3 playoffs are going to be insane this year. So many teams with something to prove. Lincoln, speaking of something to prove, they get a 39-13 win over Point Loma for Lincoln. This puts them to 6-3 and three as they head into a Cathedral Catholic showdown next week to close out the season. They will be a, a team in that Division I playoffs that you absolutely have to look for. Sarah gets it done 42-0 against Crawford and... You talk about 
where we've come from to where we are now, Sarah, full circle and a half. I, they're one of the most threatening teams in the division for playoffs. It's them, Santana and Montgomery, perhaps, that will be the odds-on favorites going into this playoffs. But it, it, it of any of the teams there, this one has proven that they can can be capable of growth. They did not score to Scripps, against Scripps Ranch at the beginning of the season. Admittedly, that looks a little bit different the further you get away from it. Then they took a loss to Santana. So this was an 0-2 team at one point that just didn't seem to have it all clicking, and now they are a team on a roll. Be on the look for what Sarah is capable of in the playoffs. Claremont, they get a win 27-20 over Hoover for Claremont. They could be a 4-5 to five win team by the end of the season. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, in the the scheme of the Division 5 playoffs, if they rise to be one of the, the teams to contend with Vincent Memorial and Castle Park. They have shown flashes of that. Calvary Christian Academy gets a 28-8 win over Borrego Springs. Hilltop, 43-14 win over Sweetwater. The Lancers, at this point, I'm a, a beating a you know beating a broken drum, dead horse, whatever you want to say about the Division Three playoffs. The Lancers are a big part of that, though. 340 points scored this season is what I wanted to get at. Javin DeAnda has uh, 225, something like that, or, or give or take passing yards per game on the season. They're scoring a bunch. They're moving the ball a bunch. It's uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see with the efficiency of the distribution that Coach Wesling and company have put together this season on that offensive end if they end up being the biggest threat, actually, in the playoffs. San Pasquale gets a 63-0 win over Fallbrook to remain on the gas pedal in the Division Two playoffs. Christian loses to Burnley 45-30 in a non-section or a cross-section game. Valhalla 28-20 over El Cap. Adam Paul was at that game. We'll talk to him later in the show to get more recap and insight on just how dangerous Valhalla might be coming into the playoffs with Keegan Baker running the ball so well. Monta Vista 35-0 over El Cajon Valley to complete the late. Or no, I shouldn't say complete. We're not into the playoffs yet, but Monta Vista can do no worse than 500 on the season. They are undefeated in league heading into a game against West Hills this coming week, which has uh, everything riding on it, you would say. They they could close out a season as a 6-4 and four league championship team, which would I think perhaps ease and erase some of the confusion and tension about the, the results earlier in the season and put them back into the driver's seat playoffs-wise. Brawley gets a 58-0 win over Calexico. San Marcos flexes their offensive might a little bit with a 35-7 win over Westview. La Jolla Country Day, EJ Kreutzman and company continue to score punches in bunches as they go 58-27 over Escondido Charter. Vincent Memorial, the Scots are a team that everybody needs to, to start paying a little bit more attention to in Division 5. They have been to a championship game recently. They are 8-1 and one right now, 2-0 and oh in league, and they're threatening to be the team other than Castle Park in Division 5 to have your eyes on going into the playoffs. Olympian 42-39 wins a thriller over Bonita Vista. For the Eagles, this is much-needed uh, breathing room to help get them into the bottom of the Division 2 playoffs. When you have players like Anthony Gilpin you know you can get things done. So this Olympian team, you put them in that one game, you know, win or go home type mentality of the playoffs. They could still be dangerous, and this win helps get them there or get them that much closer to being there. Montgomery, 56 nothing over Southwest San Diego. We're going to have a lot to talk with all of our pundits about this game in part because of what it sets up against Castle Park, who also won big going, uh, let's see if I, 44 nothing over San Ysidro. So Castle Park and Montgomery will square off for a league championship this coming week. We'll have more on that later in the show. Carlsbad, 14-7 win over La Costa Canyon. 
Carlsbad, in a lot of people's minds, is in the open division. In a lot of computers' minds, not quite as much. We'll have more reaction from that on uh, the show later with John Maffey. Ocean View Christian goes 51-26 over Calvin Christian. Steel Canyon 58-3 over Grossmont. Raymond Brown from the San Diego Football Network was at that game. He will have more on that, including whether or not he believes Steel Canyon is the number one team in San Diego County. Imperial 49-0 win over Southwest El Centro. Chula Vista gets the late season W 12-7 over Mar Vista to throw a lot of confusion into those playoff brackets. Man, some of these some of these teams are just going to end up playing spoiler late in the season. Bishop 75-26 over Classical Academy. I was at that game. We will play some of the postgame sound right now. What's up? What's up? All right, so we're now joined by Charlie Moss. You guys can stick around for this. We're joined by Charlie Moss. Charlie, uh, late in the third quarter, it looked like and sounded like you shaved a year or two off of one of their players' life in the backfield there. How'd that hit feel? Uh, pretty good, you know, just getting back, playing a little DN. It's fun stuff. Now, uh, DN was where you started two years. Like, you, you started high school with that. You got moved to linebacker a little bit more, getting settled back into that position. Do you feel like that's where you want to be in the stretch run into the playoffs? Uh, hopefully I can, you know, just depends on the personnel, like what, what the team's running, if I need to get to the quarterback, whatever. One more week left of the regular season. You guys are looking at an undefeated season. The offense is obviously giving you guys plenty of breathing room and all that. Do you feel like this is exactly where you want to be, or, or is there still room to go up in the next 10 days before the playoffs? Uh, I think we got a lot, a lot to tighten up. I mean, just discipline. I mean, obviously the scoreline doesn't require it that much in, in these games, but once we get down to it, we can't have penalties. We, we got to be perfect. Defense coming up with some interceptions there at the end. How good does that feel to close out the game with you guys, uh, you know, getting the ball back a bunch of times? Uh, that's just the best feeling. You know, you do all that hard work on defense, and then they make a slip up, and we're there. Take advantage of it. Deal, man. Thank you very much. We're joined postgame by Clarence Freeman. Clarence, um, pair of touchdowns today, including a couple of actually big ones, like you, some decent yard. I don't have the, I think it was 60 something on that second one. How'd it feel to get to flex in space a little bit? Um, it was awesome. I just show off my speed a little bit. I'm not something I really do a lot, but it was just awesome. Tyler put it on me, and I just got open. Now, it seems like this year you guys have scored big, I mean, 75 tonight, um, but it seems like you've scored all sorts of ways. You've had the rushing attack working really well some nights. You've had the passing attack really well some nights. For a squad like you guys, how crucial is it to know that when it comes into playoff times, we have we, we can go very deep into our book and we can we can score in any way? Uh, honestly, just D-Mitch's playbook. Just every play is designed to score. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly, I, just, I love every play, like run play, pass play. I mean, even the run plays are RPOs. So, I mean, we can we can also pass it on those. So, it's just awesome. I, everyone gets the ball. It's just awesome, yeah. So last year, as an offensive producer, you guys were struggling because you're playing a little bit of that musical chairs and everything. 9-0 and now, though, with Buckner back at the helm. Is this as high? I mean, is, is, is this the ceiling? Where, where did you guys draw this season up, and how close to you to executing that plan are you guys? Uh, it may look like the ceiling, but we're not done yet. Uh, we have bigger goals in mind. Uh, league starts next week. Um, championship with Vir Santa Fe, but, yeah, that's really it. Um, yeah. All right, he's going to claim that that's really it. But we'll, there, there's a big smile on his face, man. Thank you very, very much. If you want to see any of that, go ahead and check all out all the highlights out on our Instagram and Twitter at SD Prep Insider. Central, the Spartans get a 43-7 win over Palo Verde Valley. The Central Spartans are a 7-2 squad right now that has been to a championship game and looks like they are on the warpath for another one. West Hills 28-27 nail-biter win over Mount Miguel. Adam Paul will talk with us about the implications on just how big of a win that is for West Hills. Tri-City Christian goes 41-0 over Army-Navy. Eastlake, Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune was there. He has more on this one later in the show, but they end up completing a late-season surge to win a league championship 25-10 over Otai Ranch. Congratulations to the East Lake Titans. Foothills Christian, 60-6 win against Horizon Prep. They continue to be dominant this season. Helix, the Highlanders, they go 49-27 over Granite Hills. Big win for Helix. 
Vista 37-20 over Rancho Bernardo. John Matthews from the San Diego Union Tribune was at that game. He will have more for us later in the show. Francis Parker gets a 61-7 win over Maranatha Christian. Francis Parker, that is a team, man. That is a team that just has flipped the script late in the season from uh, what we saw early on in the year to now they've started to click. And you, you just start to ask yourself, well, how good could they be? How good could they be? They're they're the coming into this week. They're the eight seed in uh, Division Five. They go now to four and five on the season. So you'd expect them to move up into the maybe that six seed. We've seen them directly against Castle Park, so we have a little bit of the comps to draw. But yeah, that was a couple weeks ago, and this Parker team seems to really be dialing it in right now. Ramona wins forty one six against Rancho Buena Vista. Mission Hills. Nailbiter, 10-0 against El Camino. Reaction and uh, analysis from that one later in the show from some of our guests as well. Mission Hills, maybe the bubble team on are they in, are they out? Doing a lot of scoreboard watching next week for the open division, but you got to think that they will be one of the favorites to win Division One. Mount Carmel, 34-7 win over Del Norte for Mount Carmel. This marks a... Uh, a, a a three-win season that feels like it could have very, very easily been a five- or six-win season, a couple of close games that could have gone their way, couldn't have gone their way. Uh, you, you know, the the marks are there that, that the improvement is happening in real time for Mount Carmel, so let's give them congratulations, and let's, let's, look, let's look to see how they can do in that first round of the playoffs. Oceanside. 28-7 win over Tory Pines. Kavika Tua going off. Huge game for the Oceanside Pirates to win that one as dominantly as they did. They were up 21-0 at one point. Uh, they will be they will be a contender in Division One, but they will ultimately have to probably deal with Mission Hills, and we saw how that went the first time around. And finally, your last score in the books is St. Augustine. 35-18 win over Madison. Getting a little bit back from the Daniel Stokes game of last year. Still to go, we got uh, Valley Center. They are playing. They, the, the fires interrupted their game yesterday, so at the time of recording this, that is the one result that we do not have. We will also tweet that out at San Diego Prep Insider. That'll do it for the scoreboard. Thank you very much for sticking around through that. And or if you've just sort of mistimed the jump forward, about 15, 20 more seconds forward, please, to the analysts. Everything at San Diego Prep Insider is brought to you by our good friends at Blast Radius Coffee. For more information, visit BlastRadiusCoffee.com. Thanks for sticking around, sports fans. All right, we are now joined by John Maffey from the San Diego Union Tribune. He was at Vista Rancho Bernardo. John, thank you very much for joining us. How did Week Ten of San Diego High School football treat you? It uh, it, it was very good. It was uh, a little bit of a strange start yesterday with fires at uh, at Valley Center in Ramona, and uh, Valley Center game got pushed back to to Saturday night because uh, because of the fires were near the Valley Center campus. But uh, so a little bit of a of a hectic start to the night, but uh, but overall, I thought I thought a very good week. Tell us what you saw in person. Give us uh, the the quick cliff notes of what you took away from that game. I had uh, Ranch Bernardo at uh, Vista for the uh, the Palomar League Championship. Uh, Vista, you know, a tough game, fourteen fourteen at the half. Uh, Vista came out just dominated defensively in the second half. They they run a triple option offense, a lot of counters, a lot of traps, a lot of reverses, and just wore. Rancho Bernardo down offensively and defensively, one thirty-seven to twenty. Uh, very, you know, very good game. John, I'd like to uh, ask you, how big of a threat is this Vista team in the Division Two playoffs? I think I think Vista is the best team in Division Two. They are big, they are strong, they are experienced. This is a team they've been building to this team uh, since their freshman year. Uh, this is a team that's stuck together. Uh, 
Dave Bottom came in from uh, and and put in the put in the wing T triple option offense. Uh, a lot of kids bailed because they didn't like the offense, and the kids who stayed have bought in. And this they are they are now seven and two on the field, but eight and one overall. They they forfeited a. a uh, their opening game of the season to St. Margaret's, a game they scored 53, and you know obviously played a player that they didn't need. Uh, they self-reported it was a a transfer student who wasn't cleared early in the season, uh, so you know a, 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 an oversight. But this is a very good Vista team, and uh, their only losses by by one point to uh, to La Costa Canyon. So uh, it's they're they're dangerous. Any final takeaway notes from that game? Uh, just I, I I was not surprised at their offense because I've seen them before. Uh, the three backs they have: Brian Kelly, uh, David Flores, and Desmond Tawa are just are, are absolute studs. I was really surprised at how how physical they were on defense and got after the quarterback like crazy. Forced a lot of bad throws. Uh, Zeke Payne is, is a really nice, uh, really nice player, really nice quarterback at Rancho Bernardo, but they, they had him throwing, uh, off his back foot, throwing, you know, through it all through off his timing. Uh, and the defense won that game, set up three of the scores and, uh, you know, and that's why I think they're, they're such a big threat in D2. John, I'd like to move on to the rest of the county with you and play a little game of headlines where I'd like to give you a game, give you the final score, and then you sort of write the, the brief newspaper headline takeaway from that game. Sound good? Sure. sure. All right, so let's start with Hilltop moving to 8-1 and one as they win 43-14 over Sweetwater. Uh, happy. Happy for them. You know, uh, I, you know, Hilltop, wow, you know, I saw Hilltop early in the season, just, uh, you know, and I don't, boy, that's a, that's a tough headline because, you know, I, you know, Lancers are, Lancers are back, I guess. Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, uh, not the Lancers, but, you know, Hilltop is back. And uh, it, I think, I think they're going to, they're going to make a little bit of a playoff run. Orange Glen upset Santa Fe Christian 27-24. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, some sort of exclamation uh, points there at the end too for that one. Ending with Kale Patterson and a, a reception for a touchdown. Kale Patterson, Kale Patterson had 24 carries for 47 yards in that game, and Orange Glen still won because Santa Fe Christian decided they they could take away they decided to take away Kale Patterson and make uh, Ethan Villalobos beat him with his arm, and he did. He was 11 of 16 for 266 yards and had the winning score with seven seconds left to go, hitting the Kale Patterson on a slant in the end zone. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, absolutely stunned that, uh, that, uh, that Orange Glen won that game. Mission Hills 10, El Camino 0. Struggle. Defensive struggle. Uh, not surprising at all that Mission Hills won the game. Uh, but uh, surprised that they struggled. It can only and scored ten points in the first quarter, and it ended up ten nothing. So uh, you know, struggled to a victory. Certainly does seem interesting with El Camino playing so many close games that sometimes there's just those squads in football where you lose all the close games in in a given season. But it, it they're always in them. At least it seems this season. Montgomery, yeah. oh, go, go ahead. And I think, you know, and that's what kind of makes El Camino dangerous in the playoffs because they played everybody so close and it's not, they they could get on a run. They did this a few years ago uh, when they, when they uh, went to the Southern Cal championship, Uh, got on a, got on a run late in the year and, and went on a, won a, won a state, uh, went to the SoCal. So I could, I could see them putting it together and making something happen. Both Castle Park and Montgomery win big, so they are headed into a showdown for league now with nine and zero Castle Park, eight and one Montgomery. Right, the uh, the sort of the preview headline for that matchup. You know, big, big, big game in the South Bay, uh, and you know the biggest game Castle Park's played played in a long time. Uh, Montgomery, uh, you know, has has been in some big games, but. Uh, 
this, that that's that's going to be if, boy if they don't fill the place up for that one in in the South Bay then something, something's wrong with football down there because because those are those are two good teams and and exactly what you want to see uh, on the on the last game of the regular season. I mean, come on, man! And it's a rematch. Oh, it's all sorts of greatness, John. Oh, it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it uh, you you couldn't ask for for uh, you know for if you're the players and the coaches, that's the kind of game you play for. Who is your bubble teams on the the open division? I, I know that the 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 voting really ultimately doesn't matter because it comes down to the computer version of it. But looking at Everyone between, you know, Helix, Cathedral, Steel Canyon, Carlsbad, Saints, Mission Hills, Madison. Who is in and who is out? Who are the, the those those bubble teams that you're watching for in the next seven days to see if they're going to make it into open division? Christian, that's a great question because there is a lot of controversy over the ranking system. And there something could shake loose this week. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, I mean, you vote in the poll, I vote in the poll, uh, and I think we all agree that, uh, well, maybe not all of it, but, you know, Helix Cathedral are one, two, in whatever order you want to put them in, and Helix beat them, so they're, they should be one, and they, they got all 31 votes. Then it's, you know, it's Saints, uh, Steel, Carlsbad, uh, certainly uh, Mission Hills is making a push now, uh, Madison has kind of dropped, you know, dropped a little bit, but, uh, the computer, the coaches are really upset at all levels with the computer system. And, uh, from what I understand there, there could be, there could be a meeting this week and uh, they, they might come up with an alternate formula to, to see the play. I, I, that's not a for sure, but it's, it's something that the coaches and athletic directors are, are kicking around and trying to try they 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 they're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, I like it that there's drama and intrigue and confusion because it, it takes out the predictability of it maybe a little bit, but it, it it certainly also seems like there will never ever ever perhaps be the perfect system. Oh and I and I absolutely agree. And 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 you know, and I'm old school. I go back to where uh, you know the coaches the coaches met on Saturday morning after the final game, and and they voted. There was a and uh, you know, Christian. There was so much testosterone in that room that uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. And you know, East County voting in a block for their school, South Bay voting in a block, North County voting in a block. You know, and nobody had guts enough to to vote outside their block, even though they knew it was the wrong thing. Uh, and, 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 you know, and I mean, coaches, you know, calling each other names and guys who were, you know, friends for years, threatening to, you know, to beat the ever loving tar out of a guy when they got out of the room. And, you know, I mean, that's how it used to be. And, and I kind of missed that. I kind of missed that human <laughs> element of of the you know of, of the playoff and i and i think there should be a human element you know computers are not infallible you know computers are only as good as the information you feed into them and 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 i think the coaches should be able should have a voice in in what's happening in the playoffs i i, I you know i understand what you know what they're doing and why they're doing it uh it's hard to argue with a computer but in this case, the, this system with max preps is far, far from perfect. And, uh, and, and I agree with you. I like the drama, but I don't like the drama because it's computer-generated drama. I'll take any and everything that I can tweet about and talk about and dig my teeth into. So I'll be a little bit of, of, of a millennial glutton on that one. John, it seems like no matter what, we're going to get some good football played in all of these different playoff brackets. And it's not hype or hyperbole. That is legitimately, this seems like it's one of the more balanced and intriguing years in the playoffs. So maybe we can have you back on the uh, the preview show a week and a half from now for, for the playoff special and uh, help, help you break all that down because it seems like it's lining up to be an epic closeout to the year. It is. I think they're there. I, I was just going through uh, 
through Friday's games, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven head-to-head matchups next week for league titles. Ooh. So, uh, you know, that that's that's as good as you can get, I, I think. Uh, you know, it, it, so the, and those are those are going to be, you know, those are going to be some really really good games. Well, you can read about all of those games in the San Diego Union Tribune, where John is the absolute man covering all the San Diego high school sports. John Maffey, thank you very much for joining us. And we will say, see you uh, on the the preview show to talk about some of those seven head-to-head matchups because that is an insane week. I just realized that, and now I cannot wait for Friday again. Me either. It, uh, it's Friday Night Lights. It's kind of fun. All right, we're now talking to Luke Ramirez at Luker Sports on all of the social media. He is the writer and photographer from the San Diego Union Tribune that you absolutely need to know for anything high school sports related. Luke, thank you very much for joining us. You were down in the South Bay for kind of a surprising league championship moment last night. Yeah, I was able to uh, check out East Lake, heading over to Otay Ranch. Uh, the Titans came in 3-0, and uh, looking really good taking care of their Mesa League opponents so far against a tough Otay Ranch team that, uh, you know, they also took their lumps in non-league just like Eastlake did. Um, I was expecting a really good football game, and uh, I wasn't too disappointed, honestly. It was a 25-10 final in favor of Eastlake. They moved to 4-0 in the Metro Mesa League and uh, took home the championship for the second straight season. Um, And to me, you know, Eastlake looks like a football team that's made uh, a full 180-degree turnaround since since going one and five in their non-league schedule, uh, albeit that was against teams, you know, Cathedral, St. Augustine, they had a big loss. Steel Canyon, uh, Lincoln was a tough game for them. Um, but uh, I've I've seen a lot of development out of this team, um, uh, that being East Lake, uh, and to have them go four and zero in a in a Mesa league that's gotten better and better each year with a lot more threatening opponents uh, in the recent past. Uh, definitely pretty impressed with East Lake and. Uh, somebody that's going to have to be looked out after in the Division One playoffs. Well, okay, so this is your first time seeing Eastlake in person this year, correct? Uh, yeah, correct. So as somebody that has, ne- has seen them now perhaps at their hottest, help me make heads nor tails of this team headed into the playoffs because they're close- They're done with the season now at 5-5. Five and five. Going into this week, the CIF playoffs had them seeded uh, 13th overall in Division One, so that's the nine seed in the D1 playoffs. They'll obviously move up a little bit. I mean, are, 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 if I asked you to ignore the 5-5 five and five record just based off of the football team that you saw last night, is this team a threat in the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of the coaches yesterday talked about uh, kind of an unwritten rule for the seeding that if you win your league, you're almost guaranteed a home game. Um, I think if, if uh, they factor in, or however the seeding works, if they're able to factor in their performance recently in the league, I think this is a team that, that could deserve a, a home game, and uh, that'll make it an even scarier opponent for whoever's going to have to uh, uh, end up facing them in that first round. Um, what I saw most was a defense that was that had pretty much no holes. Um, you know, Otay Ranch is a team that can kind of grind you down uh, short run plays, and then their quarterback, Paco Puentes, is an excellent player. He can hit you uh, when you least expect it. But, you know, Eastlake really minimized the damage that Otay Ranch has been doing to their other Mesa League opponents this season. Um, I actually got to see Otay Ranch three weeks in a row, so I got a good feel for their offense. And uh, Eastlake definitely slowed them down better than anyone has um, the last few games I saw. I was very impressed by that. They had four turnovers or four takeaways last night. Uh, they forced a fumble on the opening kickoff, you know, really punched uh, – Otay Ranch in the gut, who's trying to win their homecoming game. Um, that was a big statement. Uh, they look really good covering the pass plays um, and really, really strong up front. They got some big some big guys up there. They have Jackson Daly. He's a great uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Max Ducey is in there as well. He's a troublemaker on defense. I think this team defensively uh, is going to be able to hang with a lot of the teams in D1 uh, that end up in the playoffs, and that's going to be their strength they're going to ride on. The offense is definitely developing a lot more. They're, they're spread the ball really nicely. They have probably had four or five guys uh, get good quality touches last night. Um, definitely some weapons they'll be able to utilize. And then uh, as far as their quarterback play, you know, they have two junior quarterbacks that have kind of rotated. Uh, like one of the coaches yesterday said they, 
they've they've taken turns screwing up. So uh, not exactly the best situation at quarterback for him. But I saw some good things out of Cole McFarland yesterday. He's kind of taken over the starting role uh, for the, out of those two juniors. He dropped in some really really great passes for a couple touchdowns last night. Um, definitely showing some signs of life as far as bouncing out that offense. But uh, with the size that Eastlake has in their line and uh, all the threats they have running the ball. Um, it won't be the most balanced look you'll see out of a Division One team, but sure enough, uh, they'll be able to put points on the board, and, and the defense is going to be what uh, keeps them in the game. Any closing notes on that game before I talk a couple other South Bay scores with you? Yeah, I think I, I would just have to, you know, address the the coaching situation there. I mean, obviously, Paco Silva did a great job taking over after what happened with uh, Coach John McFadden. As this time, he's still on he's still on place on leave and really the investigations of whatever is going on over there haven't haven't really developed much uh, since September when it was announced that he was being placed on leave. Um, but, I mean, you can just tell with the, the teammates – or sorry, the players after the game, I mean, they they're just have such a great attitude. They, it seems like they really love playing for Paco Silva and, and his staff now. And, you know, I'm a huge Coach McFadden guy. He's, he's always uh, been a great guy in my eyes. So, he's uh, – a really great guy in my eyes. He's uh, sorry. He's uh, um, definitely somebody that kind of loosened the environment up for sure, and uh, got these guys playing a little bit, a little bit more freely, if you know what I mean. They uh, not so much pressure on them. If you go check out at Luker Sports, a couple of U's there in the middle, uh, you'll see the first photo that he has on Twitter is. One of the best Gatorade, ba- it's water bath, but a ga- out of a Gatorade can, the, the best Gatorade bath <laughs> photos I've seen in an absolutely long time. Um, captured that one perfectly. Go check out Luke for all sorts of great stuff, especially since he is one of the few voices championing the South Bay. Luke, I got to ask you, Castle Park remains undefeated, and Montgomery gets a big win, so both of these teams are now squared off to showdown this coming week. Talk to us about the like the absurdity, the importance, the significance, whatever the verb that you want to fill in there, but of having a nine and O Castle Park, an eight and one Montgomery squaring off for a rematch of a game that Castle Park won last season. Yeah, that's gonna be so exciting. I mean, Montgomery is such a physical football team. Um, I've seen them twice, I believe. Very impressive both times. Um, I'm excited, uh, and, and Castle Park is obviously doing excellent, excellent work down there. Coach Livesay is in his first year, and he's uh, he's really got the program in the right place. It's going to be exciting. I mean, I can't remember the last time, uh, you know, that this exciting of a matchup has come out of that league. So um, it's going to be for, for all the marbles, and, and uh, Castle Park's going to have a really, really tough test. They've already taken care of a few games on their schedule that have stuck out amongst the other um, kind of softer opponents, but I think both teams are very well prepared for this game. Um, I'd have to put it out of toss-up, honestly. I mean, you can't you can't take anything away from Castle Park at nine and zero now, and uh, Montgomery definitely a dangerous team. Looking at that game as a one week is exciting enough, but kind of backing out a little bit to to view it from thirty thousand feet. You you look at it right now, Castle Park, the number two seed in division five you got to think that with a win they'll move up to that one even with a loss they will stay somewhere relevantly in that you know get a buy in the first round type thing montgomery is the three seed uh, before their win last night in division four hilltop is the two seed in division three it, it seems like this could be a red letter year for the South Bay as they've got at least one horse in, in a lot of these different races. Talk to us a little bit about you know what that means for a a, a part of San Diego that is always kind of forced to play doormat to the avocado league and gets forgotten about in 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 the non league and brushed under the table. What does it mean to have? one real front runner in a lot of the different multiple different races for the South Bay. Yeah, it's really awesome to see. Um, you know, I think this was something that, uh, you know, people saw coming when schedules came out for all these South Bay teams and they had uh, really tough non-league schedules, you know, like East Lake, Otay Ranch, Hilltop had some really tough games at the beginning of their season. Um, you know, the culture is really changing down here as far as uh, football is concerned, getting these teams prepared 
uh, ready to be on the map as far as, uh, you know, the San Diego section CIF uh, championship races. Um, we got real contenders down here in Hilltop, Montgomery, Castle Park. Eastlake's always been there. Um, it's going to be a very exciting uh, next couple of weeks, and there's going to be a lot to prove for these South Bay teams. I think if they're able to, you know, just rely on the coaching that they've had and the experience they're gaining playing tough non-league opponents, um, they're going to be in good position to kind of continue to make a name for themselves uh, down here in the South Bay and uh, move on into, into greater and greater relevancy in San Diego section football. It certainly is something that uh, none of these seem to be flash-in-the-pan type with seasons also you can see the upward trend with Wesleyan at Hilltop maybe being the the furthest along in the development process but coach Dunkel at Montgomery is sort of in in year two of that definite upward trend you mentioned coach Livesay in his first year already nine and oh it seems like this is not oh a good graduating class here or there just kind of all lined up in the South Bay it seems like you mentioned this is an actual transformation into look we're on the map and we're not going anywhere because we have institutional stability and all sorts of good stuff happening here. Uh, any, any closing notes on the South Bay, anything high school football, we've got one regular season week left and then it becomes all hell breaks loose because nothing that we worked for matters. And then the playoffs are here. Yeah, I think we pretty much touched on everything that's uh, going on down here in the South Bay. Like I said, when these uh, seedings come out for playoffs after next week, uh, anytime you see a team from any of the Metro conferences, um, it's going to be, it, they're going to be a tough opponent. I can say that um, it's going to be very fun to see how they do. I'm going to try to keep up with as many as I can. Um, but like I said, it's going to be, it's going to be Catmus football, um, whether they got home, we got home games down in the South Bay or, or tough teams down here traveling on the road um, as underdogs. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. You can follow him at Luker Sports on all of the social media. He is the up-and-coming photog and journalist for the San Diego Union-Tribune. Luke Ramirez, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you come week 10, or I guess this was week 10. We'll talk to you in week 11. None of that football weekend stuff makes sense. We'll talk to you for the last week of the season <laughs> next week, my man. Thank you very much. All right, so we are now joined by Raymond Brown, from San Diego Football Network at SD Football on Twitter. Tell us what you saw tonight, my man. Yes, thank you for having me once again, man. It's always an honor and a privilege to talk to you. Man, uh, Steel Canyon remains undefeated at 9-0 and after a dominating win over Grossmont. Um, going into this game, I figured uh, it would be a little bit even because um, Steel Canyon's starting quarterback, Jeremy Mendez, was out with a, a broken finger supposed to be out for three weeks and uh junior Aliyah Kiramasi stepped up at quarterback and he put on a show he had three touchdown passes and one touchdown run and I mean Steel Canyon dominated on both sides of the ball Steel Canyon Ooh, to this crazy. point in the season has only allowed 70 points three of them coming tonight against Grossmont but at the same time Anytime you're putting up almost 60 points, you got to be impressed with the offense. Help us make heads or tails uh, of, of which one is going to be the identity of this team going into the playoffs. Well, I was talking to uh, Chris Carter after the game, uh, one of Steel Canyon's playmakers, and he, he was claiming that they have the best defense in the county. And um, it's hard to argue, you know, when you keep a – Offense like Grossmont, you know, who was setting records earlier in the season to only a field goal. I mean, it's hard not to argue against that. But um, we're going to see next week because uh, that's going to be a huge game against Helix. And um, if you're going to that game, I expect you to show up early or else you're not going to find nowhere to park because that's going to be crazy. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Helix, I will give them credit, has some good parking. Steel Canyon has ample parking, just not uh, – a great in and out exit. Um, but both of those places fun to go hang out at beforehand. Raymond Brown at SD football on Twitter and Instagram. Raymond, you get the chance to see a team like steel Canyon, uh, up close and personal this season. Is it, this is not your first time. This is your second time seeing them this year. Do I have that correct? Probably this is my first time. Oh, this is your first time person. seeing them. Okay, so as your first yeah. time seeing them, maybe you can help chime in because they have been 
voted significantly lower than computer seated. Voters have them hovering anywhere from six to four, depending on who you ask. The computer has had them as high as being the number one team in the county uh, based off of their rankings. What do you, what do you, what do you, where do you put this team now that you've seen them in person? Uh, they're top five. Uh, they still, we still uh, have a lot to see, but um, they just have so many playmakers, man. You know, like, like I said, the quarterback stepped up and put up some numbers, but they got guys like Chance Johnson, who for the last two games, he's had uh, two punt returns and uh, two kickoff returns. Like, he had two punt returns against El Cap. And the next week, he had two kickoff returns against Valhalla. And this game, he had a punt return and added a touchdown pass and a run. So, got guys like him. You got Wesley Neely, two touchdown runs. Just so many playmakers on both sides of the ball. And importantly, that defense, man, keeping points off the board. That's what's going to be important going into this big game against Helix and going into the playoffs. And, um, yes, this, they definitely play like an open division team. We just need to see how they do against Helix to really tell where, what this team is. All right, so any closing notes on that game, or can I ask you about a couple other scores countywide? Well, let's, let's go around the county a little bit. All right, you want to start up north and work our way down? How about that? Yes, sir. All right, so Carlsbad 14, La Costa Canyon 7. Yes, man, Carlsbad undefeated, Avocado League champions. Uh, big time congratulations, and they got to beat their um, inner city rival. Um. Yes, Carlsbad is definitely a top five team, too. Um, next week is going to be very important because that open division is going to be tight. I mean, I guess it's, uh, it might come down to Carlsbad and Steel Canyon. So uh, strap on those seed belts. All right, I'm trying to decide geographically which one of these is. I, I, I should know which one of these is more south, but uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and go with Mission Hills and El Camino. Mission Hills wins 10 nothing, But to me, this is uh, almost a question of is El Camino a sleeper team in Division 2? I, I, I don't know what to really make of that because it seems like they keep a lot of teams close. But at the same time, I want to ask you about Mission Hills and them being maybe one of the bubble teams for Open Division, or do we start talking about them as one of the favorites for Division 1? I. I believe Mission Hills is a, uh, a Division 1 favorite uh i can see them getting to the semifinals and maybe even the final who knows el camino i think they're better than division two um to be honest they they've shown that they could compete well with division one teams you know only holding uh explosive team like mission hills to 10 points uh i know there's no moral victories but that would scare me if i was the division two folks <laughs> Earlier today, Orange Glen beats Santa Fe Christian with Cale Patterson making a touchdown reception, oddly enough, not running the ball for once, uh, but he, he catches a touchdown with, uh, I believe, less than a minute to go to win the game for Orange Glen. Kind of an upset. What do you take away from this one? Um, I thought uh, Santa Fe Christian had it in the back. I was uh, checking the scores on Twitter, and it seemed like they had a pretty good lead, but um, no Orange Glen hung in there. Um, Patterson, one of the best players, not just running backs in all of the county. You know he's going to come through and put the team on his back, so I'm not surprised there. Um, I don't see it as an upset. That's a pretty – those teams were basically evenly matched, in my opinion. And um, no big win for Orange Glenn. Lincoln moves to 6-3 and three with win over Point Loma, 39-14. Uh, yes, uh, Lincoln, um, they're they're trying to uh, get back on the winning uh, side. You know, uh, they struggled against the more talented teams on their schedule. Um, they're just getting ready for the playoffs. Um, I wouldn't sleep on them just yet. Everybody's counting them out. I know they're out of the top ten, deservingly so. But um, I wouldn't count them out just yet. When that team and all their talent get used to playing with each other, look out. Once again, we're talking to Raymond Brown at SD Football from the San Diego Football Network. Trying to talk about scores from all around the county, and I am struggling a little bit to decide which ones to talk about. Um, Raymond, we got to talk about basically a, a, a two-team race right now in the Division Three playoffs, and that is Hilltop and Scripps Ranch. 
Scripps Ranch remains undefeated today, winning 64-8 to against Patrick Henry. Hilltop wins big to uh, move to 8-1 and with a 43-14 win. So do you have a clear-cut favorite out of these two? Do you disagree with me altogether? Is there a different team you're looking at in Division Three? Seems like both of these squads are winning blowouts. They're... They're they're ready. They're they're doing an inevitable dance towards each other. Correct. Uh yeah, you're right. Um, I th- I believe both of those teams are uh, top two in Division three, hands down. But um, no disrespect to Hilltop, amazing team. I love what they're doing up there. But um, Scripps Ranch is, uh, in my opinion, the better overall team on offense and defense, man. Especially on defense, that line, that defensive line is just too dominating. So, uh, yeah, um, right now I'm on Scripps Ranch, but um, hopefully we can see them match up, and I could be very well wrong. Well, as the I wouldn't one, be surprised yeah, as, if as, I was. As the one-two right now on the CIF power rankings, they would be seated opposite of each other. I believe, though, that the Hilltop presents something that they have not seen, and that is just a relentless pace of attack. Looking to go further down the chart see if there is anything left to talk about any other scores jump out at you uh, as you were looking around the county um i'll talk about a game next next week that looks pretty good um it's going to be castle park versus montgomery uh castle park i believe they improved to nine and zero. Montgomery's eight and one in the league titles on the line. Yeah, so Castle Park Big wins. South, yeah, Castle Park wins forty four nothing over San Ysidro, like you mentioned, to move to nine and zero. And Montgomery wins fifty six to nothing over Castle or over uh, Southwest San Diego. I'll add a little wrinkle into this one for you, Raymond. Last year, this game was played. During the uh, the the thunder and lightning, the Friday night during the regular season, where everything kind of got, uh, you remember where, where things got called short? Chaos, yeah, the lightning chaos. Yeah, yeah the, the lightning chaos. Most games they yeah. cancel some. <laughs> yeah, so like Tory Pines, San Marcos got canceled, and people were like, "Whoa, San Marcos was up, Tory Pines was up. Which one? Yeah, yeah, a couple of those games got canceled. All of the South Bay." Uh, decided to play their games the next day, if I remember correctly, and because I was bouncing around trying to get to a bunch of them, and Castle Park ended up winning it. It was it was just a it was a weird vibe, kind of on both teams. Everyone was a little lackluster. It was I think hard getting that that energy back up on that second day. So last year, Castle Park takes the win. I believe Montgomery is playing with a a chip on both shoulders, if you will, this year because of that loss last year and the fact that Castle Park is undefeated this year. Certainly seems like this is a perfect storm of a game. Well, yes, that's going to be a big one. Probably the, I mean, if it wasn't for Helix and um, Santa, I mean, Helix and uh, Steel Canyon, that would probably be a must-see game for the week. Man, Um, we'll have to both, you'll go to one, I'll go to the other, and we'll live stream them to each other so we can watch them. You can follow him at Raymond Brown on San Diego Football Network, SD Football. Uh, All sorts of great stuff. College, pro, high school, every type of football that you want to talk about, he has something for you. Raymond, any closing notes before we say goodbye? And, uh, wow, one more week until the playoffs. Yes, one more week. Congratulations. I believe every undefeated team uh, stayed undefeated this week. So, um, good luck to you guys. 10-0. and 0. It's not going to be an easy task. So, uh, work hard. Stay focused. And uh, let's, let's make a next week magic. Let's make next week magic indeed. Raymond, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you then. Thank you for having me, sir. Always a pleasure, my man. Talk to you later, okay? All right, man. You have a good one. You do. We are joined now by Adam Paul at EC Preps SD. Or if you uh, joined us during the week for the uh, preview show, it's the primary focus for a new segment. What is Adam Paul up to right now? Where we randomly <laughs> cold call Adam Paul in the middle of a Wednesday night to see what he's up to. Uh, you heard us beforehand talking a little bit about Bishop's game, and uh, that's where I was tonight. Adam Paul was out in the East County at El Cap and Valhalla. 
Looks like Keegan Baker had a huge night. Adam, what'd you see? Yeah, Baker, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Josh Meredith um, had a big impact for the Norsemen, the transfer from Helix. Uh, he scored. Um, he had big big yardage. O'Cap tried to make a comeback, um, but unfortunately, you know, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but threw a late uh, pick um, to steal the deal for the uh, Valhalla. Uh, Hauser, unfortunately, threw a couple interceptions tonight. Um, this was a make-or-break game, in my opinion, for, for both teams. Um, definitely Valhalla with the win, I think, solidified a, a big spot, um, possibly a home game. Um, in the uh, Division Three playoffs, um, El Cap, I think uh, they can possibly squeak in because they still have one more game left uh, against a, a quality opponent. Um, so we'll see how that folds. It was an interesting game. I mean, it was twenty-eight to um, twenty-eight to fourteen, and El Cap tried to make a comeback, and you know they, they did an extra point. Um, was blocked, so that was your that ended up, which ended up being the final score, twenty-eight twenty, uh, Valhalla on a senior night. So coming into this game, Valhalla was sitting in the eight seed in the Division Three playoffs. Adam, uh, this moves them to four and five now on the season. Looking around the modern day Catholic West Hills, Brawley, the teams directly around them in that playoff seeding at you know seven through ten. No losses there tonight, so everybody seemingly would would initially you'd think would stay put, but you still got to think that this is a sign that Valhalla is playing with a little bit more confidence late in the season, and I said it often in the last couple of weeks that a run team like that is something that you should still be concerned about no matter where you play them, home or away, in the playoffs. Would you say that, mm-hmm. that there's, there's makings of that from what you saw out of Keegan Baker late in the season? Yeah, you know, with the addition of Josh Meredith, um, another solid weapon for for the Norsemen, it kind of takes you know some of the pressure off Keegan uh, Baker, um, so he, you know they don't have to 100% rely on completely rely on him. Um, I think it's gonna you know make them more of a formidable opponent um, in the. Uh, CIF Division Three uh, playoffs, whoever they have to play. Um, I think, you know, with his addition, it's also given them a little more conf- confidence on offense since they don't pass, since they're not, they don't pass very often. But when they do, they, you know, there's another weapon to get, uh, to get the ball to. So, Anything on the defensive side you can tell us? Because we've talked so much about that offense. Give me just a little bit about maybe a, a player or a scheme or just your general reflections on yeah, the Norsemen defense. The big, uh, for the Norsemen, um, the, uh, for the Norsemen, number 99, uh, Muhammad Al- Albany Connie. Um, sorry if I mispronounced his name. Big guy. He... Um, Defensive end nose guard um, are, is his position. He had a couple big sacks tonight against the Vaqueros. He wreaked havoc pretty much the entire night. Uh, El Cap had a hard time keeping him uh, from getting through. You know, um, with that pressure that he he um, puts on the um, the opposing quarterback, you know, it gives um, the defensive backs uh, for Valhalla or linebackers easier chances to you know to get the picks um, interceptions and that's what kind of happened tonight was Hauser was pressured so often tonight that in the end it was that's what caused him to throw the uh, the stealing game stealing uh, pick um, for uh, against um, Valhalla with under a couple minutes to go in that game. Any closing notes on that game before uh, I bounce another East County score or two off of you? Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm looking around. Tons of 
you know, big games, quote unquote, everything's a must win at this point. So much of that drama you can place on more or less any playoff race out in, in any part of the county. But I want to look to one of perhaps the, the biggest in the entire county, and, and that is the fact that Steel Canyon remains undefeated as they win 58-3 against Grossmont. This one, perhaps their most uh, decisive and notable win of the season, just in terms of checking all of the boxes. What do you make from this game? Uh, it shows me how, po- how potent and having witnessed it firsthand, the defense is of Steel Canyon. Um, you know, they're... they're uh, defensive coordinator Jesse Spencer uh, does a really phenomenal job out there. Um, he had, obviously, it sounded like he had them dialed in again, once again tonight. Especially to shut down a high-scoring offense such as Grossmont, um, who came in averaging um, a ton of points, you know, a ton of points and a ton of yardage. Um, so let me let me bounce this off of you to this point in the season through nine games. The Steel Canyon Cougars have only allowed seventy points. Right. Um, That's insane. Yeah, it is. I mean, especially for the type you know, for the type of schedule that they've played. You know, you know um, while it's not the caliber schedule of say Helix or Cathedral or Saints, it's still a very tough schedule and only allow 70 points um, is, is really impressive. Very impressive. You, you just don't see that too often anymore, you know, in the day, you know, with, with you know, in the day of the high scoring spread of wide open offenses um, uh, of uh, today, um, especially against, you know, Grossmont who, like I said, came in averaging almost 40 points a game, and they also over little just a tad over 500 yards um, of offense per game. West Hills gets the win over Mount Miguel. They moved to six and three on the season. At one point, though, this team was one and two. So, what do you make of West Hills getting a close win over Mount Miguel, and where that puts them on the season? That's a huge win for West Hills. You know what? It, um, last week with, I think, with Santana losing that game to Monta Vista really um, gave them a boost of confidence because next week their big game against Monta, their game against Monta Vista is even bigger because if West Hills wins next week, it's going to be a tri-championship, a tri-championship um, in the uh, Grossmont uh, Valley League. Um you know, West Hills, I thought, you know, with that big win over uh, El Cap a few weeks ago um, to win that, to win the uh, Tony Burner Memorial Cup. And then, uh, unfortunately, you know, they lost to Santana. And I thought, okay, you know, that, you know that, that took them down a notch a little bit. But to come back the way that they have, uh Coach Ash and Coach London um, on the defensive side of the ball. And I guess I don't know what the uh, numbers were tonight for um, uh, Jaheim Allen Pompey, um, but it sounds like um, they, they, they shut down um, the high potent offense of the Matadors. Yeah, it was uh, not all sorts of reported yet online anywhere that I can find, but that is the peril sometimes of high school sports reporting is you get the big picture and not the little picture on, on games when you're, you're trying to record this the night of everything going down. Adam Paul at EC underscore preps underscore SD. What else do you got? Any closing notes on the East County or uh, anything high school football related as we close up this week? You know, big congratulations to Scripps Ranch. Um, I saw that. That's awesome that they did their thing. Um, Carlsbad, obviously, with an undefeated avocado league record. That, that, that's really impressive because that's such a tough league. 
um, to do that. And, uh, you know, like I said, Steel Cannon doing their thing to set up the big showdown next week at home against um, Helix. Um, so we'll see how that goes. You know, we're getting to the, down to the nitty-gritty here, obviously, with next week being the end of the regular season and then come playoffs. Um, it's uh, getting exciting, my friend. Oh, it is exciting indeed. Go toss Adam a follow on Twitter and Instagram. All sorts of great stuff coming from him all week long. Thank you very much, and we will probably randomly cold call you in the middle of the week at some point. Sounds good. All right, man. Talk to you later.